This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this is Philorian United. Woo! I am a trans man and I would identify, like, I would describe myself as being visibly queer. So what I mean by that is that, you know, you would look at me and you'd be like, hey, that person's queer. Um, so, for example, right, I'm super short. I'm, like, under uh, under five feet tall. Um, and I have the very stereotypical, like, undercut. And I have the septum piercing. And, like, everything I own either has glitter or... F- um, so, I actually just recently relocated to Canada from the U.S. And I'm living in Montreal, uh, where French is the primary language that's spoken. And so for the past month, I've been taking French classes and imagine my fabulous self sitting there. And we were learning that particular day about the future tense. So to give us, you know, give us an example, explain it to us, my teacher turns to me. She's like, Seth, you know, in the, you know, in the future, would you like to have kids? And I'm like, well, you know, that's a conversation for me and my wife. I don't know. And um, the girl next to me turns to me and she's like, well, you know, you could just, like, go home and make some babies with your wife tonight. And I just, like, took a beat. I looked around the room and was like, does everyone in this room think that I'm cis? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, like, so, such a novel experience for me. It was really weird. And the next day, um, the people around me, in cl- like, before class started, were talking about uh, their menstrual cycles. And I, like, made a point of inserting myself into the conversation and being like, yeah, cramps are the worst. You should just do what I did and transition. And, like, afterwards, I thought about why it was so important to me to like make sure that those people knew that part of my identity like why why I felt the need to Mm -hmm. share that because I like went out of my way (laughs) to share that and you know I started to think about it and I was like well I feel like for me being trans is a really important part of my identity where I feel like if you don't know that about me you can't really know me and and then I just started to think about you know why we choose to share or not to share different parts of our identity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I'm, I'm interested to see sort of where that comes up uh, as we look through this uh, this week's episode, season one, episode two, through the lens of identity. I think that it's interesting that you're saying how for you it was so important that you knew that people yeah. were trans because... In the that people lo- knew that I was trans. Yeah, that people <laughs> knew that you were trans, sorry. That's okay. Because there's a lot of LGBTQIA people that try to hide it. For them, they don't want it to be part of their identity. So, And I think that's very individualistic and there's lots of reasons. Like, it's totally valid to not share your identity or share your identity. Like, there are definitely certain situations where I'm in, right? Like, one time I, I stopped at a rest stop in the middle, you know, of a red state in the United States and I wasn't about to be like, I'm transgender, you yeah. know, like there are certain times for safety or just um, some people, you know, want to be stealth or that's more comfortable to them and that's totally valid. But yeah, it's interesting how there's sort of this like, you know, for me, like it is actually very important that people know and I want people and to know. I like yeah. that for you, your gender is a sense of identity mm-hmm. as of me, a cis white woman. Uh, it's not, but my language is. 
like you said, you were in French class, and here in Quebec, I don't know if people know that, but we have a law that protect our language because English was about to eat us, and <laughs> and uh, and they made a law to make sure that uh, we spoke French, that all the things were French uh, outside of the stores and everything. And for me, I, I and I took pride, and I still I'm proud of speaking French. I will always say I'm a francophone, I'm a Quebecer, before saying I'm a, Can a, a Canadian, because Canadian, you think of English. So yeah. I, I like that for you, your language is just like whatever, mm -hmm. and but not your gender. And for me, my, my gender is like whatever, but my language is important. Well, that's also something that I was think thinking about is sort of like, what is identity? And, you know, is identity something that we choose? Is identity something that is put on us? And I think sometimes it's both. Like, I think there are aspects, your race, for example, is an identity. Mm -hmm. And it might not be something that you connect with strongly, but it's still an identity and you don't really have a choice over it. Or maybe, like, where you grew up, right? Like, uh, I'm a New Yorker, for example. Like, yeah. that's part of my identity. Or you're a Quebecer. Yeah. Um, but also, right, like, you're choosing the identity of Quebecer over Canadian. So, like, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. And, like, I don't go out of my way to people like oh, I'm American because like I don't really identify with that even though I am that so like that's where identity I think like for me I feel like it's something it's more like a choice that you're making for yourself because mm. even if you are a thing you don't have to identify with it yeah you know what I mean yeah like I'm I don't know whatever percentage like British but I don't identify with being British whereas <laughs> like I am you know 40 or 50 percent Italian and I do identify strongly with that because I have some kind of cultural connection to yeah you know it's so it's interesting I don't know well I'm really interested to explore that through um through the second episode of the magician because let me say there was a lot of it and honestly like I was like okay it's gonna be hard and then we had like 11 pages of notes So <laughs> I have 11 pages of notes and I have a problem. But first, let's do the 30 second recap. Oh shit, I forgot about this. Uh, not me. I'm not emotionally prepared. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Set. Go. So Quentin is going back, uh, is freaking out because the beast attacked him and then we see everyone getting attacked by the beast and how they send him back. And then Julia is uh, sent uh, to, with, to, uh, with Pete to a place where uh, Marina pretends that she's a new Edgewitch and they have to like fix, solve a problem in a lock in a freezer and, and like open a dead body. It's super gross. Anyway, and then... Uh, Penny rats on Quentin to say that ah! it's hard. I'm bad at this. No, it's just 30 seconds is not a lot of time. All right, okay, I'm ready. One, two, three. Okay, so Quentin gets stacked out of the beast. Beast, ah, uh, there's a watch. Dean Fogg, his hands, his eyes. Oh no, very sad. Um, Julia's like, I'm so cool. I'm putting my hands in a dead guy. Hedgewitch. Um, Um, what else even happens in this episode? What is this episode about? Uh, Elliot has a barbecue. Yeah. Penny's a dick. Um, oh, and Penny throws Quentin under the bus, and then Quentin's like, oh no, I'm expelled, but then it's fine. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I don't know which one of us was worst. We should start have people vote or something. Yeah, <laughs> that was not my best work. But, like, yeah. really, the barbecue is the most important part. Well, if, if you want to start to vote, uh, just tweet at us, I guess. One thing that kept coming up for me was this idea of, like, identifying as a magician mm -hmm. and, like, what that meant to various people. And, you know, I actually have a, a question to pose this time, which is, like, can an identity be placed on you or do you have to choose an identity? Because 
like again we we keep seeing all these different people mm-hmm. having uh, the idea of like what it means to like we have Quentin like losing this identity almost being expelled we have Julia like trying to latch on to this identity because like she you know didn't get into break bills and then um, or even like with Dean Fogg for example like when mm-hmm. he loses use of his hands it's like oh like I'm not a magician and you know what I mean yeah. there's and actually at the end of the episode Dean Fogg says all, all we can do is make them magicians yeah and I'm like can you make someone like can you do that I think you can you can lead them to a way but at the end of the day identity is about owning it Mm-hmm. Like, I think that uh, Julia is a magician, even if she's a hedge witch. Mm-hmm. Because technically a magician mm-hmm. is someone from Earth doing magic. But they started to label things and saying, like, mm-hmm. break bills people with a former academic knowledge are magician. And the other are edge witches. Now, so for me, I think the identity of a magician depends on who you ask. If you ask a Philorian, anyone's from Earth. <laughs> That's all they know. Yeah. And meanwhile, if you ask someone from Brick Bills, only like people with an education mm-hmm. and edge witches have another view of what a magician means. So I mm-hmm. do think that even if uh, it's a bit like uh, people trying to put uh, the LGBTQIA um, labels or like identity against them, and like you can receive an identity that you, you don't have to take it and say, yes, that's what I am, but someone can say, I perceive you with that identity. I, th- I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. um, but I think about it more like in the terms of like, right, if I, like, for example, right, I, I date or I'm, you know, attracted to, you know, men, women, whoever, everyone, and I identify as bisexual, right? But like if someone saw, right, that I had dated women and I had dated men and they were like, whoa, well, you're bi. I'm like, well, you can't tell me that. Like, I maybe I identify as pan. Maybe I don't like that word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't necessarily have to identify with the word. But sort of going back to what you were saying a little bit about somebody maybe using a slur against you or a bad yeah. word, I actually thought it was really interesting in the episode that like Marina like identifies as a bitch. And she's like, I'm yeah. top bitch, right? But then later, so like then when K- Katie's like, oh, you're a heartless bitch she's like you can't hurt me with those words because I identify with them and it thought it really made me think about um like the reclamation of the word queer for example like how queer was a slur right and Uh now this generation is sort of like well we're calling ourselves that so like you can't use like it's not a bad word anymore like no I like that interesting and it's interesting if you say that Marina uh identify as a bitch because she called Julia a bitch Mm -hmm. and I truly believe that the more she saw Julia the more Marina saw herself in mm-hmm. Julia so I think that by calling her a bitch is like her stamp of approval yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I have a question about Marina since we are on mm-hmm. her subject mm-hmm. why does she put another identity mm-hmm. in order to evaluate Julia and potentially other edge witches mm, yeah that's I actually was thinking about that as well there's two actually false identities in this there's uh, in this episode, there's Marina mm-hmm. uh, pretending to be, you know, another, I don't know, new uh, hedge witch. Uh, and then there's also Eliza. There's Jane Chatwin being Eliza. Yeah. Um, which, I, you know, I thought was interesting. But for, for Marina, I mean, I, I don't know. I think of it as just like... You know, it's an easy tool, right? You know, if you go in for a job interview, you're going to be acting a certain way if you know the boss is there, right? If you're, it's like that stupid show Undercover Boss where like, you know, CEOs will like pretend to be coworkers to like see what it's like. Have you seen the Star Wars parody? It's like brilliant. Later. 
if you see her identity, because I was like, hey, I wonder, knowing that it was Marina yeah. and knowing how oh, badass she is, I was like, she's playing that coward. She's excited about magic, but not mm -hmm. ready to do what it takes. It can go both ways. Either someone leans into it and like freak out with her, or just like Julia, mm. where like it pushed her. And I think being friend with Quentin helped her in that because like the girl had panic attack and freaked out all the time. Mm. And she was like, no. I got this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I and love that. When there is the body uh, waking up mm -hmm. and uh, they run, Julia uh, run in a door. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A curtain. Mm -hmm. And after that, she kills uh, the other body. It's after that that she starts to own yeah. being her entrance into... It's like a symbol of her entrance. It's her, like, mm -hmm. rushing into a new world, a new door, and, like, okay, I oh, have to do this. I like that. So, everybody, if you want a fresh start, just... Uh, stab a dead body so i feel like there's also a whole lot about quentin in this oh yes episode. So much about quentin with like that connection to like being a magician and i guess the question i had about that right at the point where he thinks he's going to be expelled yes is, like is he still a magician is that still part of his identity if he doesn't know magic exists i think that's the question he asked himself yeah. while calling julia because he tells her like oh please remind me i need to mm. know i need to know but at the end he hangs up mm. not telling her I don't know if it's because, like, he said that he think that she won't do it because he know he went too far with her, mm. or it's because he thinks, well, I'm a magician, what even if I don't know. See, I feel like maybe he comes to that. I mean, I think maybe it has to do with their falling out in the previous episode, but also like maybe he decides that it would be too painful to know that magic exists and not be able to study it. And he won't be like able, like Julia, to like yeah. pursue it. The other thing. I think that's interesting about that, but he doesn't know that she's doing Hedwig stuff now. Anyway, he doesn't know that. No, but he know. I, I'm sure he know enough Julia to know that, that she's, she's well. That she was looking. She was googling stuff. But um, the other thing that I find interesting about that is that he doesn't understand what she's going through until they share an identity like until he's going through the same thing and like I don't, say i'm I don't, sorry i don't want to label it as like a failure but you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, they yeah, both yeah. are not able to be at break bills and until they share that identity as like rejects from break bills he can't understand what she's going through yeah and so i think that says a lot about like you can try to understand someone's experience or perspective but it's like very different than both experiencing something and i wonder how much of identity is experience-based makes me wonder something about experience based about two of the characters mm -hmm. first Elliot mm -hmm. he knows he's a he's a magician or at least that he can do magic since he's 14 mm -hmm. how do you think it shaped its identity I mean that's I find that just a really interesting subject in general because we know I feel like out of the characters we probably know most about Elliot's background yeah you know uh, Like we know Mercedes a lot, but because we yeah, meet her mother. a little bit, but like we, you know, we don't know a whole lot about Penny. We don't know a whole lot about we know Alice, but you know, or Margot, for example, we don't really know a ton. And even Quentin, we have sort of have limited exposure yeah. to. But anyway, I do wonder because it's not really explored or talked about, right? Like what that would have been like for him, you know, living in a small town where he's already othered for. You know, being different, like, I don't think he would go out of his way to do that, especially if that's the first time that something happened. Like, I feel like I'd be scared shitless. I'd be like, ah! Yeah, I, you know. and maybe that's why he's so, like, put his wall around everyone and he pretends mm. to be someone else. And it takes Quentin a lot of time to see the real Elliot. Yeah. I like that what you see that, like, he has a double other identity there mm -hmm. of, like, being a queer person and being 
a magician without knowing it. Actually, on that same note, this is the first, unless I missed something, but this was the first time that I saw or noticed that Elliot verbally admits to being something other than straight when he when he and Quentin are talking and he's like well like I'll find you and come seduce you <laughs> you know and he's not explicitly saying he's gay but that's the first time that he identifies with not you know verbally mm-hmm. at least for us the audience with like not being straight and I love like knowing that Quentin is bi knowing by like what we know yeah. um, how Quentin doesn't miss a beat and he doesn't like react he's to it like, he's like okay. whatever yeah, <laughs> comes it was me whatever and there's a I mean I feel like he's also like concerned with bigger things and uh, yeah that's true but I like I, I like that there's no reaction to that yeah he's like, ah. because that's oh it should be ah. okay second person I, I wonder Penny say that he has this voice in his head for mm-hmm. a long time that the beast is his best friend and let him out of shit a lot of time how do you think the beast formed the penny we know from, like, let's say the uh, penny 23 that uh, seen season three that look a bit softer? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we don't know anything about penny 23 because season four is in film yet. <laughs> but, like, from what we saw, he looked less rough than the penny yeah. we have right now. And I wonder how does having the beast being mm. your best friend and, like, being in your head and helping you and suddenly betraying you like that. Like, how growing yeah. up with that change him and, like, how does it affect him now? Uh, I don't... I don't know. That's really, like... That also sort of ties into, like, how is our identity tied to other people? Mm-hmm. And if something shifts, like, right in a relationship or something, like, how how does that change your identity? Well, like, if my whole life I've identified, like, with this voice and, like, mm-hmm. that's been a source of comfort for me or a source of, like, guidance and, like, now that's gone, like, what does that change about me? And, like, how do I, especially when it's something right, like, hearing a voice in your head, like, that's a very intimate thing. You know what I mean? That's, like... Yeah. It, you know, so how does that, like, who am I without this voice or without the trust of this voice? We had a friend not long ago that their twin brother just left. Just to clarify, they, like, left for college. They didn't, like, run away in the middle of the night. And they never had a life without their twin. Yeah. And, like, and I had to tell them, like, you're going to have to discover who you are without that person. And it's scary. Which leads me to a bit of the same question, saying that the moment Quentin is out, he's like, oh, I'm going back to who I am. And I'm a depressed superner, and that's who yeah. I am. And how do you put an identity on yourself can harm you? Yes, okay, we know that Quentin has depression has anxiety but mm-hmm. as someone that has it I'm working my ass out not to have it as an identity and yeah. being like yes this is part of my life but that's not who I am and I feel Quentin gave up on it ruling its life when does identity become a crutch you know mm. like like I don't know I'm thinking about this because I'm a silly person but like for example I am Italian so I talk with my hands a lot and like yep. I don't know let's say like I keep hitting you while I'm talking and I'm just like well I'm Italian like another thing that happens with us a lot is that um, the hilarious like most of our fights that we have are about whether or not we're fighting because <laughs> as an Italian person <laughs> it's, true. it's true because as an Italian I have an idea of what yelling is and to you what I think is just talking is like like yelling so yeah. and I'm like oh I'm just Italian it's the way I am like when does that become yeah. when does identity become an excuse I think it's when it harms other mm. when it harms you because yeah. I think when you use it as a weapon mm. against you or mm. yourself Quentin being in Breakville he used that against 
uh, Julia in the first episode, mm. uh, being saying like he has his identity and she doesn't. Exactly, and that's a weapon. I also never realized. Like I don't know why. I guess I just never thought about it actively. But like the the like class aspect of like oh well we're educated and we're in break bills and like you're not good. Oh well, to, you, like, you we're have gonna have education. to talk about that with the the, the next episode where when uh, Quentin and Elliot goes uh, see the mm-hmm. Edgewitches. Yeah. Oh, the other thing with Penny though that I think is so interesting in that scene where he's walking with Katie and Katie's just like stop fucking being a dick and be like oh my life's so hard yeah she says to him you can't run away from you yeah and there's also a little bit of talk in the last uh, one of the last scenes with Quentin and Eliza's last Jane about fate like well is fate a thing right like are there parts of your identity that it's like no matter how hard you try you can't run away from them Mm -hmm. and I think about this with Julia like maybe the reason that she is so desperate even though you can tell like when she's getting that tattoo she doesn't seem happy about it oh no and she's like, just it's an end to a mean and the uh, means to an end oh um, damn it <laughs> <laughs> or like when she's following what's his name pete when she's following him and and she's just kind of like i don't trust you like i don't want to be here and, and he like has to like like manipulate her with like well you want magic don't you you know what i mean yeah like uh, marina give her the answer yeah, she clearly doesn't want to be there but is it because she is we know right from the future that she is supposed to be in break bills yes and is her sort of like destiny tied to magic so strong it's a, such a strong part of her identity that no matter what she like she keeps being drawn to it i think that's Is because she wants aspect? that identity hmm. there's also the wanting of the identity. oh definitely because like i can have anxiety and not identify as someone mm-hmm. anxious yeah. but the moment i own that identity it becomes something else and i think that's what's happening with julia there saying like look i know uh, i might not be a magician but i know i am but going back to that i don't know do you think that certain aspects of personality are tied to like fate or are like like you know can you run away from yourself you know that's I mean? a good question i think that there are part of us quentin cannot not be depressed and anxious yeah. that's a state but of but can he not identify as being depressed yes you know so that's that's what's interesting and also i identities can change right like i could identify with a religion for example and then not identify yes. or identify with a different religion so i think you know it's interesting because like i do feel like there's a strong element of choice you know the other interesting thing that i noticed about the whole situation with julia is like we know right that sort of her quentin and and james who disappears forever um, no, he, he was going to come like back. Once or twice, and then he disappears forever. Quentin, Julia, and James have been, like, longtime friends, and we know, mostly from the books, that they are, like, the smart kids, right? Yes. And that's how they met is because they were the smartest people in the class. So that's sort of how they bonded. And I feel like I'm thinking about when I was that age, right? I was, like, high school age, you know, the age they were when they were in school. And it's, like, right, I feel like your academics are such an important part oh, of yeah. identity where there's, like, you know, oh, well, you're, like, a nerd or you're, like, one of the smart people or you're a jock or this or that. There's a lot of, like, labeling that happens for such a long time when you're in school like that's just strong part of your identity before you really are a person this interesting idea that like i feel like for so long that's been julia's identity the smart girl the one who's the best at everything the one who passes every test and she says you know i can't fail another exam and even like when marina calls her on like oh you're ivy league and she's like like, yeah "Yeah." because i am (laughs) but like i think that even though she's hesitant about the the whole hedge witch thing which we see over and over again like she needs to reclaim that identity of like i'm the smart one i'm good at stuff it's like, impossible i fail a test yeah yeah like i feel like you we know we all know those people i'm kind of i'm one of those you're people. one yeah who's just like will not i'll be like no 
I didn't fail that. You're going to let me take it over, and I'm going to pass it. You know, what she, like, tries to do. She's like, let me do it again. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'd like to talk a bit about Quentin and Fillory being his identity. Mm, like, well, that's when you were saying the thing where he says, like, oh, I'm going to go back to being a depressed super nerd. I also think about how much of identity is, right, like, how we identify ourselves and how other people, like, right, I'm imagining, you know, like, little Quentin with his long hair in middle school, like, sitting in the cafeteria alone reading his fillery books yeah. and you know someone being like you're such a nerd or like you're the fillery guy and then yeah. being like oh i guess I, like after so many times of people being like well that's who you are you're just like well i guess that's who i am at the same time the moment alice saw him read it he's like super shy and he tried to hide yeah. it and everything yeah well that's what i mean i think maybe that was I think sometimes that those identities are like placed upon us which is not always a bad thing mm -hmm. but like oh well like you are the nerd who likes to read those books and now he's like well i'm the nerd who likes to read those books yeah that's true and, and now people calling him out on that identity is what made him be like, oh, like I'm embarrassed to be an adult, oh, yeah. right? And in the first episode, too, he's like, I'm gonna stop doing that thing, yeah, that's true. But you know, like, like, he I'm can't, a grown ass man. And what I love about this when you start, you see him read Fillory and talk about mm -hmm. it uh, in that shot, the light of the window, it's his face mm -hmm. and it's pink and red. I look in my uh, cinema dictionary of <laughs> symbolism, and they said red is passionate love and pink is innocence. Mm. And I, I like that, like, he's reading that and he's in love love with the world and he's like going back to the innocence of not having called the bees that killed someone and like just going back to that like yeah. escapism mm -hmm. the moment alice goes he goes sit the, the light, the goes, light away. goes away and i think that's another symbolism of mm. him being his true self his true identity yeah. versus he thinks he has to be in order to be loved but what you were saying i don't know i was also thinking about this right how like penny is different yeah. you know in the different timeline well who would quentin be without fillery and i was like he wouldn't be quentin and no. i think that's what an identity is it's something that like if you took that thing away the person wouldn't be them anymore <laughs> you know like if you took my transness away like i wouldn't be well i literally wouldn't be Seth. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know or like if you took like my uh, italian identity you know identity away like i wouldn't be me and i think that's for i don't know but i think that's because identity makes you live your life through a certain mm -hmm. and as a trans person as a cis woman i live my life like this and i experience mm -hmm. it like this Yeah. Jane, uh, Jane says uh, to Quentin, you want to belong so much that you forget yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to what happened with Alice, pretending he's not reading Philoran further, because like he was ashamed of it, just to belong to her as she's so mean to him. <laughs> also with Julia, right? Like yeah. he's forgetting his friends like Julia and, and James, right? Yeah, we can see, like, we see her just before that, we see her not being happy to, uh, to, to join the hedge witches. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where, like, she walked on what she thinks is a good idea yeah. to have what she wants. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, and I think that's where uh -huh. uh, identity can shift is yeah. like, am I ready to forsake part of my identity to belong or not? We know the good answer should be not, but we know we all do it. Yeah. The other thing that I was thinking about in terms of Quentin is that even when he's about to be expelled, right, Penny has just like thrown him under the bus and, and he's about to go into the office. It's with Lipson, right? Yep. Uh, he's about to go into the office. He like gets up and he's like, oh, 
you know, there's nothing I can do to stop the comet from crashing to the earth, is there? And I'm like, really? You fucking nerd. You're about to be expelled from school and you're making <laughs> extinction jokes? Like, are you kidding me? And, like, that's where I think it's, like, it's such a part of his identity to be, like, that fucking doofus. And as when he says that, the camera pans uh, zoom, uh, pan and zoom at the same time to mm -hmm. his face, which leads the viewer to have this, like, sense of, like, going in his inner thought and, yeah. like, feeling him trapped against the world and, like oh my god like the world is closing against me yeah. and I think that's where you go like the moment you are threatened or you have mm. like a problem you go back to your who you really are that's why people say in a crisis you reveal who you really are mm. that's because there's no time pretense yeah that makes a lot of sense to me also I love your cinema background thank you it makes me so happy <laughs> so another thing that I just thought thought about was there's just so much in this episode but like he says during that moment when he's with Elliot um, when, when after he's been expelled, um, you know, it's amazing. I survived as long as I did, not knowing I was a magician. And right, like I'm trans. Everything is always going to be about how I'm trans. It's all yes. about me. But like, right, I didn't know that I was trans for uh, I don't know 23 years of my life mm -hmm. or however long. It's interesting to me that there are these pieces of our identities that are so important that are so important, and we don't know they're there. Yes. Oh, that's weird. What don't I know about myself? <laughs> <laughs> we might not have discovered our full self. The thing we know about ourselves, we have found them. And sometimes through hardship. Yeah. <laughs> Magic comes through pain. Well, that's sad. Oh. And true. It's the time for... Vase <laughs> and the flower. Do you want to explain what it is? Yeah. So, um, the vase and the flower is a it's a Francy French expression, mm -hmm. right? So it's a French expression from France, not a Quebecois expression. It's very different. Yes. Don't tell I a cat they're the same thing. You'll get you'll get the look she's making right now. Um, so you know, back in the day, uh, you would go to a performance. It would be good. You'd throw some flowers at the performers, kind of like today. We'll give people flowers uh, after a performance. Uh, but if you didn't like them, you'd throw the vase at them instead. I'm gonna give my flower to Julia to stand up towards the Pete that she thinks he's the leader, mm. saying like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah. no, you assaulted me in the bathroom. Yeah. And she called him on and shit. So yeah. you go, Julia. And I'm gonna give my vase to Alice. Because uh, as we know later on, Margot is not the friendliest and most mm. likely person to extend an end of friendship. Yeah. Alice is still doing her, like, I'm a Cold and I'm just I'm just here for my brother thing. How she just dismissed harshly Margot. It break my heart because I wonder like that could have been the beginning of an awesome friendship. Or great lesbian kisses. Yeah, I shipped them. Someone write that fan fiction. Continue that scene for me. A lot of there's a lot of fan fiction out there. Send them to me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, I think that uh, I think that the vase is for Alice to reject someone out of what you think they are. Mm -hmm. and not what they are showing to you because like all she did was showing kindness and care and made her laugh i am going to give my rose to elliot because he's just fabulous and beautiful and i love him i feel like i connect a lot with, with him through like coping through humor like his friend is about to be expelled and he's like i'll come seduce you will that make it better and gwen's like not really, but thanks for trying, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I don't know. I feel like... I don't know what Quentin would be without 
Elliot. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the episode when he's like, barbecue. Like, you know, I feel like that's his, like, it's a welcome back. You didn't get expelled, barbecue. Mm -hmm. You know? And I just, like, that, that's really, this is really where they start to actually become friends. And it's not just like, I want to bone you. I mean, I still do, but also eat some burgers with me. It's hilarious because I had such a hard time thinking about who to give my vase to. You know who I'm going to throw my vase at? Mm -hmm. The fucking beast! Oh, yeah. Who is coming and just murdering people for fun? Maybe don't do that. Well, no, he tried to eliminate the squad. Yeah, but he made a smiley face. He liked it. Yeah. You know, he's doing his little dance with his tappy toes. I don't know why that was so hard. Stop murdering people. That's rude. Hey, thank you for joining us for our second episode of Florians United. We're glad we haven't scared you off yet, but, you know, there's still time. Um, we love hearing from you guys, so feel free to tweet at us at Florians with an S. And you can also follow us on Tumblr at floriansunited.tumblr.com. We just want to give a huge shout out to Spirits Podcast for all of their advice, as well as Harry Potter and the Sacred Text for um, their general inspiration of our show, as well as letting us adopt their 30-second recap. And of course, we also want to thank all of our Patreons who generously donate every month. You can become a food fighter yourself um, and donate to the cause by going to patreon.com forward slash Florence United. We really appreciate all, all of the donations. Um, it, it honestly helps us keep the podcast going. Uh, and it's really cool. You can actually pledge as little as a dollar, which I think is awesome. Um, yeah, and you can, if you pledge, you can get some really awesome uh, perks. Uh, there's some really sweet things that my lovely co-host and wife cat makes some different stickers and designs and things like that um yeah so hopefully we will uh, see you next week i feel weird every time i say that because i don't see you but you know we'll see you next week uh, for episode three hmm, which i actually don't even remember what the topic is mystery surprise topic i feel like it's betrayal like my memory is betraying me right now. Okay. Anyway. Bye. That's how you people turn into drugs, kids. <laughs> but turn into drugs. Turn into I'm drugs. I'm cocaine. Well, yeah, like the fairies. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, <too soon. laughs>